Welcome to Pod Planet, a place where things happen that may sound unbelievable, strange, incredible. If you've ever wondered if you were weird or strange or the odd man out, these stories will restore your belief that there are indeed people out there who are weirder, stranger, and odder than you ever imagined. Perhaps you'll find some comfort in that. Bear in mind, Every story from Pod Planet is between 83 and 100% true. These are stories we have experienced, survived, and lived to tell about. Let us begin. Pod Planet presents Twisted Sister. Growing up with my sister Nicole was an interesting experience. As the eldest child, she'd always been the self-appointed third parent. She'd sit at the grown-up table for holiday meals and special occasions. She'd weigh in on family decisions. And although she was no angel, she'd tattle on her siblings at the drop of a hat. At the same time, if Nicole got into some sort of trouble, she had an almost magical way of talking her way out of any blame or punishment. But there was one time when Nicole got into shit so freaking deep, no amount of fast talking could extract her from her misdeeds. It all started when some family friends who lived in the state where my sister went to college called our house asking if there was anything they could do to help find Nicole. The family friends had seen a broadcast on the TV news about a college student who was with her friends, went to use the washroom, and never returned. After my sister had gone unseen for three days, it turned into a media event, the case of the missing co-ed. Neither my family nor I had any idea about this missing co-ed media blitz our friends were referring to. As it turned out, Nicole, the missing co-ed, wasn't kidnapped by aliens. She didn't run off to join the circus or drive to Mexico to get married. No. It all began at an 8 a.m. tailgate party that preceded the noon springtime football game. It's pretty common at American schools of higher learning. The football team practices in the spring and has a big inter-squad scrimmage to mark the end of spring training. Then, the team and the students go away for the summer and come back ready for classes and the regular, real fall football season. Well, this particular spring game happened on a hot, sunny morning in May. And my sister, well, she apparently embraced the event and the early morning tailgate party a little too enthusiastically. So as the game began and the sun beamed down on the stadium from a cloudless sky, my sister decided to use the stadium's restroom. I always thought women went to visit the bathroom in groups of two or three. That's my experience. But that wasn't the case. Mm-mm, not this time. No, Nicole wandered off to the restroom by herself. And, what with all the heat and the rah-rah, sis-boom-ba excitement of the springtime football game, not to mention the early morning tailgating on an empty stomach, well, the comfort of that toilet seat, gently caressing her buttocks, made it impossible for Nicole to resist taking a nap. Grabbing 40 winks on the toilet, that could happen to anyone. Problem is, when she awoke, 
she found herself in the stadium's pitch-black women's restroom in May, and the stadium wouldn't be reopened until September. Now, you can imagine the stadium's maintenance crew doing the bare minimum under the circumstances. The stadium wasn't going to be used for another three months, plenty of time to come back and give the restroom a good cleaning. Apparently, they didn't notice the one closed toilet stall or a pair of feet on the floor. No, they probably just took a quick look, powered off the lights, locked the door, and planned on coming back to clean in August when things really needed to be ready. So, eventually, Nicole woke up here in a cinder block latrine with no windows, no light, other than the sunlight that shined under the bathroom door. She did have water, that was good, and she had a place to go to the bathroom, but she didn't have her cell phone, and she didn't have any food. Meanwhile, the stadium was locked up for three months. Things didn't look great. My sister pounded on the door, but there was no one who could hear it. She turned on the faucets and the sinks, hoping the university would take note of the excessive amount of water usage at the closed stadium and act on it. That didn't work. Apparently, her friends weren't worried about her. Her friends just figured she saw a guy she knew and took off with him. You know, one of those girls. Anyway, as one day in the locked bathroom stretched into two, my sister started to get a little worried. I asked her later if she'd started giving the toilets names, like Tom Hanks names his volleyball in the film Castaway. You know, just so she could have someone to talk to. She told me to shut up. But she did use her time to sing songs like The Sounds of Silence and Tumblin' Tumbleweeds. She also flushed the toilets repeatedly. She tried to make noise, any noise, in case anyone happened by. After two days of Nicole's mysterious absence, her friends began to wonder if they should call my parents, but they didn't want to get her in trouble. On day three, my sister's friends did alert the campus police. The campus cops filled out a police report, which the local newspapers took note of, which in turn lit a fuse under the intrepid reporters at Channel 9 Action News. So while the TV news crew began broadcasting their scoop, Nicole was still singing songs like Funky Town and Bang on the Drum all day in the darkened stadium bathroom. She also began sliding paper towels under the door hoping that someone, anyone, would happen by and see the paper towels blowing in the wind. As it turns out, the paper towel technique did indeed work. A maintenance man had come back to the stadium, looking for something he'd left behind over the weekend. He saw the paper towels blowing around on the asphalt, and as he approached the bathroom, he could hear the faint strains of Bad Bad Leroy Brown. So eventually, Nicole, the missing co-ed who had been the talk of the town, was rescued. My parents, who'd been calling pretty much non-stop after their friends alerted them, finally got a hold of my sister. She tried to dismiss it as all a big mix-up. I just got so worn out from the final exams, I really, really needed to catch up on my sleep. What Nicole didn't know yet was, she'd been the epicenter of a major local news event. Channel 9 even went airborne with live updates from their Chopper 9 Skycam. So basically, my sister was busted. 
She couldn't talk her way out of this one or blame it on a friend or a sibling or me. Fortunately, things turned out all right. My parents eventually forgave Nicole, and I don't think the experience had a lasting traumatic effect on her. But come to think of it, since then, whenever we're in a public place, like a restaurant or something, I can't ever recall seeing my sister visit the women's washroom without one of her friends escorting her. I guess it's better to be safe than sorry. You've been listening to Pod Planet Season 1. Pod Planet is written and produced by Peter McHugh and Clive Desmond. Audio and digital support for Pod Planet comes from Oliver Wickham and Aidan Vickery, two of the best and brightest young minds in audio today. Theme music for Pod Planet Season 1 was composed and produced by Richard Suddy, aka Telegraphy, from Detroit. Look for Telegraphy's FMA link in the credits section of our webpage. Richard Suddy is an amazing artist, and you'll want to hear more telegraphy. Every Pod Planet episode contains some fantastic original music, much of which is courtesy FMA. If you'd like to hear or know more about the composers from this or any episode of Pod Planet, look for their links in the episode credits section of our webpage. These musicians are amazing, and you'll want to take a listen to their work. And special thanks again to FMA.org. And if you haven't subscribed to Pod Planet yet, Subscribe now. Go to our webpage, podplanet.org, podplanet's one word, and click on subscribe or hit follow on whatever podcatcher app you're using. You'll find Podplanet on Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, iTunes, Lipson, YouTube, and many others. And follow Podplanet on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Links on our webpage. Podplanet is part of PRX, the Public Radio Exchange. So if you're a radio station that would like to add Pod Planet to your schedule, look us up at prx.org. PRX can set it all up. We love to hear from listeners, so please leave your thoughts or questions in the comments section on our webpage. And be sure to recommend Pod Planet to your friends. Send them our link, podplanet.org. Pod Planet would like to thank Lydia, Lola, and Tattoo Sound and Music in Toronto as well as extra special thanks to Monique Kelly for her guidance, insight, and never-ending support. This is Pod Planet Season 1. We'll be back in two weeks with a new and startling episode. Until then, on behalf of Peter McHugh and the whole Pod Planet team, thanks for listening. I'm Clive Desmond. <laughs>